Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with the synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your only podcast about fights in the streets, Home Alone style shenanigans, and the deadliest weapon of all, sarcasm. I am Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I'm prickly. I, this is my favorite line of the whole episode. I'm prickly. Are you prickly? Um, I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. It's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I needed this. I needed this episode. We'll put it yes. that way. Let, yeah. We, we don't want to get too much into the thing that happened. We all know happened because it's, it's, it's a lot. It weighs a lot on all of our hearts. Suffice to say, having this kind of space is kind of outlet just to have some, just have a little bit of release, have a little bit of fun. Um, talk about you know this 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 goofy show wrapping up this goofy frozen storyline with I, I, I Abby I have a feeling we're gonna have different takes on how it concludes because you texted me saying that it was like super cringe and um I cried oh no <laughs> <laughs> listen so listen I'm not going to say I also wasn't crying, but it was also one of those I was then like laughing because it was that I, and listen, the the moment was beautiful. Like I just I'll just say up front that I think that the way that this whole ended just was your typical villain end where it's like, "Oh no, I was wrong." And we just end it very quickly and everything's fine. And I don't like those endings. I wish there would be a better resolve for those things. Uh but the ABC CGI. God bless. Yeah, because I'm like tears streaming down my face. Oh, she's getting the healing, the emotional healing of just years of torment of her sisters. And then it's a long shot of her body. And she's just like doing this like weird back and forth thing while a big storm of glasses eating her and I couldn't I didn't understand what was happening. It was full lighting. So the CGI was wild. And so it was like crying, but like chuckling. So it was, you were just like, I can't tell if this is bad or good. I'm just going to let it keep happening. Yeah. And and we can, we can go more into that in detail when we get to that scene, because that's really where everything's going to kind of come to, come to a head. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was very funny to have this emotional moment with an actress, like finally getting to like really show her stuff juxtaposed with glass tornado slowly encircling her from the waist down. 
It was it was a it, it was a bad choice. A, like a ghost slap? I didn't understand how she slapped Anna. We'll get there. I didn't understand <laughs> the, like <laughs> what was going on. But again, the emotional rage I liked when she finally let loose and was angry, and I'm like, yay! And then she was like, wind slap, and I'm like, is Anna dead? Like I okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, everyone, we are talking about season four, episode eleven, Shattered Sight. Uh, this episode was written by Scott Nimurfro, Nimurfro and Zuchun, and uh, directed by Gwyneth Horder Payton, who did uh, several episodes, including uh, Kansas, one of the most bonkers episodes in the history of Once Upon a Time. So I'm, I will say, I think her directorial style, there's a consistency because yeah. this one has some bonkers, some bonkers choices. There's choices script wise shot wise and just overall tone wise everything was it was one of those moments like and again like i said we weren't going to talk about it but it was one of those things where i was like like trying to clock in with myself being like am i viewing this like am i emotionally compromised right now to the point where i'm not viewing this honestly or is this weird and i i genuinely i was reading some reviews about it i think it was just weird so it was just me being like am i projecting onto this weird no it was just bananas episode yeah. Bananas with some earnestness, with some with some sincerity underneath, including some sincerity. I, I'm very excited to talk about with Ingrid because I think I can't tell if this is intentional or my own headcanon. But either way, I'm very excited because there's like there's an element to it I really want to dive into uh, because we are now the spell of Shattered Sight has hit the town of Storybrooke. Grumpy finally lets us know it's happening. So it's it's official. It's canon. And Happy has a crossbow and is chasing after him. And so everything is chaos to a degree. We never get past, like, slap fights. The, it's This is the most boring uh, zombie apocalypse I've ever seen. Yeah, there's never a body count. It's no. just like a, hey, sorry Epic. I tried to kill you. Like, it had a, like, it, you wanted that Anchorman Ron Burgundy moment. Yeah, Brick killed a guy. It's just like, that really got out of hand fast. We never got out of hand. It was just like everyone suddenly had weapons. I mean, even to the point where Snow White and the Queen had weapons. Not a drop of blood spilled. Just some hair got mussed. Yeah. And and, and Snow White's, uh, Snow White's stunt double uh, got thrown through some furniture. Oh, Snow White's stunt double also got to throw Regina a couple times. I kind of, I was going back and forth trying to see when you could tell. And I was like, oh yeah, she's, all of the stunts done. And no, no shade to anything, but I just thought it was, now that I can tell what a stunt double looks like, because I used to just not be, I don't know, I used to never really look. But now yeah. that I'm looking, you can kind of see it, like you can kind of see it. Uh, I was just like, you know what, girl, get that bag. I'm so proud of stunt doubles. Yeah, like I, I mentioned before, I'm rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I'm very cognizant of when the stunt double shows up. But uh, that stunt double is also one of the best in the business. She was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer for almost the whole time, and just made that character. I I do I do like first of all, I'm glad I we love a, a, we love the women stunt doubles. Uh, like you know, like I said, I'm I'm in health and safety, so I'm just like I just want to like be able to do these stunts, but as safely as possible. Uh, but I do love the time when you watch older movies and they just apparently didn't have a lot of female stunt doubles. And so it was always just like a dude in a wig. <laughs> just They've like, even uh, done that on Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Whereas like we don't have somebody, but here we go. It's like, all right. 
<laughs> well, before we get into how Elsa and, uh, and Emma and Anna are going to stop this curse and save the town, uh, we're going to backtrack a little bit all the way back to 1982 in a little city called Canadian Boston. <sighs> this whole scene. This scene is what should have told me that we were in for a ride. It's just like, hey, by the way, buckle up. Make sure your lap bar is in seated position. So uh, Ingrid is in her full regalia. She's got her floppy collar. I hate how floppy the collar is. It drives me nuts. And she walks into a psychic. Now it's like it's the true like Hollywood looking psychic where there's like the neon hand out front and she comes out. She's like, yes, welcome to Mistress whatever her name was. She's like, I will tell your fortune. How will how will you pay your gratitude? This is my favorite joke in the whole episode. Thank you. <laughs> no, give me money. Oh, and she takes off her costume jewelry necklace. She's like, will this do? She's like, yeah, perfect. <laughs> And she tells her stuff up front, right? So she's just like, I'm looking for the prophecy of a, a, a girl and she's going to be very special. So she's like looking at her crystal ball and she's like, ah, yes, it's going to be a, a, a special child, a girl. And her name is Susan. And, and Ingrid loses her mind and she's like, leaving. she's like, ah, you've lied, you sorceress, you've lied. You know, it's like where I come from, whatever. And she like tries to magic her and it doesn't work. It's the land without magic. And then just like, a very low tenor Boston accent comes out of this psychic and it was hysterical to me. And she's like, get out of here. I'm going to beat the shit out of you with this bat. And you're just like, I want to see this because I don't think Ingrid would be able to stand up against a bat. No, that especially without magic. Uh, a Boston, I have, an angry um, Bostonian who probably gets like taken for money from time to time would absolutely Ingrid would have been dead and we wouldn't have had to deal with this like had that oh, gone a different way magic, the storyline's gone magic yeah. is nothing against an angry Bostonian an angry Bostonian with a bat and then she's like just gonna go around to Mike's and get a cannoli like she's go just like sucks. whatever <laughs> so I have two notes about uh, Madame Faustina uh, one is I felt like this character was given a lot of fanfare for not actually being a nod to anything, which I thought was really strange because I, I looked because I was like, this has to be a reference to a character in a movie or something. She's not. She's original for Once Upon a Time. Uh, but I would have liked maybe if she like had a similar costume to like what Robin Hood wore uh, in the animal version when he was dressed up as a psychic, like just a little bit of a nod just to give a little connection. Um, even if she's not part of that world, just a little Easter egg. Uh, and then the other thing is she is very bad at her job to the point that like, cause you know, we all know she's a con artist, like, or she, we all know that she's not actually psychic. I'm not going to debate whether or not psychics exist, whether or not that exists. Cause people can believe what they want to believe, but they're, she's doing cold reading, but she does it wrong. You don't give oh, a name yeah. with cold reading. You you give you like I, I'm sensing I'm sensing an, an an E or or a T or you know like oh, yeah. oh 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 maybe it's maybe it's like oh not a T but like 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 I uh, like a capital I oh no, no like cold reading you you don't just say Susan. Well, yeah, you 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 don't drop a full name because first no. of all, there's a bajillion names. Uh, just just not for nothing. I just like to point out that I didn't meet a lot of Abbeys when I was growing up. Uh, Abby is a popular name now. 
And so uh, today at Baby Dragons, brace yourself, kindergarten graduation, ah. there were so many Abbeys. And I was just like, my day's popular. I feel like this must have been what an adult like Kimberly felt like in the 90s. <laughs> like, or like a Rachel. <laughs> like a Rachel or an Ashley or a Sarah. Like when those names were huge. Uh, anyway, I... I agree. It would have been cool if it was like an actual nod to something, but I think it was more of a just a nod to um, just TV and movie, just Hollywood psychics. I don't know if these places exist. Okay, I've always lived in middle of nowhere, Ohio. I did just have, I went to a crystal shop the other day and, and for a discount on my purchase, if I got a tarot reading, I got 10% off. So I was like, oh, hell yeah, I want a tarot reading. And I even joked with the woman afterwards. I'm like, I've never had this done before. And I'm like, quite honestly, I was expecting a bright neon sign and a small like shop full of accoutrement and a crystal ball. And I realized when I was watching this episode, this is what I was explaining to her. I was explaining <laughs> this moment. And I'm like, oh. So I think it was just like a, there's a intrinsically from watching Hollywood movies, that's, that's what this is. This is just Hollywood psychics. How was your reading? It went really well. Apparently, I need to ground myself a little bit more or I'm going to light everything around me on fire, uh, which I feel like could be a reading for me at any given point in my life. <laughs> I mean, that's why they call it a cold reading. It's vague. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. She was just like, here's these things. And I was like, I, okay, all right. I, it was fun. I had a good time. And then I bought some crystals because no, I, yeah. I love shiny rock. Like, I'm not a crystal girly by any means, but like... I love me a good shiny rock. And uh, now my son has seen them and now he wants shiny rock. So we might have to go and Aww. look at shiny rock again because shiny rock. I mean, so. I, I enjoy color therapy, you know, where you light candles of different colors to invigorate certain moods. Not because I necessarily believe in like that it, it, it's a cause and effect, but it's more an intention thing. It's, it's like the secret. It's the secret candle. <laughs> we reference the secret way too much, Beth. Like, we do. Both of us, we do Considering all the time. I've never even read it. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> oh, anyway. Okay. Right, anyway, so, so yeah, so she, she leaves. <laughs> she, gets, she gets ran out of town by a woman with a baseball bat. And then we crash forward to 1999. I had to double check the dates because a lot of references to Harry Potter kept getting made. And I was just like, is this the time in which Harry Potter would have been referenced this fervently by a child? And I believe so. Yeah, I believe kind of. I, I think I'm going to land true, on true. Kind of. But it is on. It is a set goof because she specifically mentions a. I, I saw this in the the goof notes for this episode. She specifically mentions an ability that Harry Potter doesn't get until the 2005 book. That's what, okay. That something was wrong to me, and I was like, "Well, the books did come out, and like I didn't get into Harry Potter books until like the third book because like my aunt just sent them to me. So like the third book had just come out. She bought a set, she sent them to me, and I read them. And that was two thousand two thousand, I think, because it was mm -hmm. right before I started high school. And so it was like, okay, but I don't know if I would have just been like tell. I guess I would have told my mom. I would have. I talked like that to my mom. So okay, but yeah, the set goof, the mentioning the wrong thing. Anyway. So we get to see the scene that we saw on the videotape with Hook of Emma getting her camera stolen in this, like, group foster home. And Ingrid comes in. She's wearing this killer jean, <gasps> like, denim jumper thing. Damn. She looked I want amazing. This. I want this thing. Yeah. Like, this is, this is a look I can get behind. I loved 
uh, real world Ingrid. Mm-hmm. It looks hella uncomfortable, but she looked good wearing it. Oh, yeah. like, And I do like that she also then, like, changes into, like, evening wait around for a runner clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. With her, with her little blankets. With her little blankie and her hot chocolate and her, like, really cool demeanor that started to, like, make my skin crawl at a certain point where I'm just like, I, I don't like this. Uh, so she tells Emma, you know, you know, here, this is yours. Welcome. This is Emma's first night at this place. And this, like, kid comes up and he's just like, you, you're just going give, to give it to me now or you give it to me later. Meh. Just all very, like, 90s bully thing. But it is, like, group homes, not great. Group foster homes, especially for, like, troubled teens and stuff like that. Because they're teens that are just in the system. They're not... <sighs> They're not going to be the most well-adjusted children. And so, like, they're not, they're going to clash a little bit. And if, especially if a kid comes in with some, like, really high piece of tech, you're going to have to do more than just, like, wag your finger at them. But whatever. So Emma's just like, I got to get out of here. I'm not safe here, which is fair. That is a fair thing. So as she's creeping down the stairs, Ingrid turns on the light. She's in her, her little blankie. And she's like, would you like some hot cocoa? I've made us two. Because she just wants to make sure that Emma knows that she knows. That while this sorceress could not, uh, or the psychic in Boston several years ago, uh, wasn't able to read details like a good mentalist, <laughs> Ingrid has read up on them and knows all of the tiny micro expressions of a runaway. There's 15. Emma apparently pulled about seven of them, so she knew she was going to run. And I, I, this scene was okay. Like It just seemed... Again, I know that Ingrid is not an actual foster parent. Like, she's an evil ice queen from another world. But it was just like, this is not, like, this should have, like, freaked out Emma as, like, this is not a person who's part of this system because she's not talking to you like a normal person. She's just, like, she's cool. She's cool. She's not like regular foster parents. She's cool. I mean, I'm curious how long she did it for because clearly she was being a foster parent in the hopes that one day Emma would be in her care. Which feels like a feels like a risky bet. I mean, it pays off, but it's a pretty risky bet. All of this was just like a lot of like you got to do a lot of stuff in order to get to that point. So I, I I don't doubt at all that she spent a lot of time and energy. Also, by the way, she'd need to build a real life for herself because you can't adopt somebody legally with fake papers yeah. you wrote in crayon. So she's legit in this system of like existing as a United States uh, United States citizen and foster care. But it was just one of those things where she's talking to Emma and she's trying to set up this whole like I'm not I'm like like I said I'm not a you know I'm not your typical foster. I'm cool and you can connect with me. And then she's like, "But you can go. It's fine. It's just just wanted to make sure that you knew hmm, that 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 kid is super afraid of spiders, like, super scared, and I keep spiders in my desk, fake ones, behind the staples, so we can mentally torture this piece of shit kid, like, and Emma's like, oh, torturing other children? Excellent. I'm in. And so she sticks around, <laughs> which, I, again, I know it's just supposed to be played for laughs. Not great. Not a great solution to this situation. No, but... If you if we if we think about it beyond the 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 actual horror of that being foster parent behavior, 
she's not there for any of the other kids. She's no. only there for that Emma. Moment Emma shows up, the other kids do not matter. For, for like, she probably sent them away like immediately. Which is a horror unto itself. Oh, it is. It's terrifying. Like, like she didn't care about fostering these other children. It was a, it was a ruse. It was, it was a plot in order to get Emma yeah. in her care, in her custody. So then, smash cut to them at a carnival. We love a good carnival. Uh, and then they're just kind of talking and they're having a good time. And Emma's going to play the claw machine. And this is how you know it is a work of fiction is because she won something in this claw machine. <laughs> no amount of magic gets you past rigged claw machines, especially one at a carnival. Like, not like a yeah. pizza place one that's already pretty, pretty shitty, but like at a carnival. I'm pretty sure all those animals are glued down. So... <laughs> <laughs> but this is where we get to see Emma's first like pulse of magic. The lights flicker because she's like really concentrating. And there is it, just like an awkward scene to me for some reason, because again, like she's trying to pose herself. Like she's an, a foster mom, but she's just like, I'm not, a, I'm not your mom. I'm like your big sister. And it's just like, it's, it's, it was weird when it was like, they're, they're adults, but it's creepier now that the younger Emma is here. It's, Again, I know where this is going, but, like, if you just looked at this isolated scene, it's horrific, kind of. You're just like, this, something's not right here. Something's funky. Narratively, you and I both understand why she said yeah. that, because yeah. of what they're doing with her story. I, I didn't mind the line, I don't want to be a replacement mother, I know how you feel about that. Like... That yeah, that's a good thing to say. She should have just stopped right there. Anyone yes. would have been like, "I just want to be a part of your life and have you be a part of mine." Like yes. she doesn't have to be like, "I'm going to be your big sister." That's weird. You're not you're not adopting a little sister. That's not what this is. You are adopting a child, and you are going to serve as their their parent. So like, it's for the story. It, that's why they do it. I like the. I like the reason she gives, and then she ruins it. Yeah, it's just like, it, it, it's one of my favorite Futurama lines that I reference all the time. Fry, do you remember when we ta discussed stopping all of your stories one sentence earlier? <laughs> like, it's just, just, mm. So she, then Emma sees that apparently Ingrid is carrying around in her giant bag uh, uh, just a big, like, piece of mail. And Emma's like, no, you're going to send me away. That's why we're out here on a special day. She's like, no, I'm going to adopt you. Oh, it's amazing. And they hug and it's going to be amazing. Smash cut. They're in the street at night. And Ingrid's just like, hey, remember when you made the lights flicker and you thought it would be super cool to be like Harry Potter? I'm going to go push us in front of a giant moving vehicle with zero context to activate your powers. And then be shocked that you as a child are freaked out by this. <laughs> Because it, guess what? It does not work. Manufactured trauma, apparently not the way to go. This was, this just, I, I get why they did this because Ingrid is, is so eager to make this work. She's so eager for her plan to come to fruition. She's not thinking clearly. But if I'm like, Girl, why didn't you just wait until after all the papers were signed? Okay, so here's what my to problem try and with this murder. is. Because we have one more smash cut that I needed to. And in that smash cut, it negates all of this weird stuff before. Because Emma comes into the ice cream shop. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. There's a mini mini scene. Is that Ingrid walks up to Storybrooke, pulls out her thing. 
do a... Cr- I like this effect where she's standing nowhere, the camera circles around her, and she's suddenly in the middle of Storybrooke. Because she great. has her apprentice school. Cool. So she's in Storybrooke. So then she's in her ice cream shop, right? Mm-hmm. And Emma comes in. Hey, you still open? I, I forgot how much I loved, like, cool guy not part of this town emma i love mm-hmm. this version of her where she like comes in she doesn't even know if anyone is here to say any of this stuff to she just bursts in the door hey you still open i need to get some ice cream for my kid and she, it's ingrid and she still has her memory so she's just like oh i hate you you're so terrible ingrid makes a comment later that she's just like i'm all about my patience i'm all about patience <laughs> like you were all about patience to systematically get yourself to be a, a, a recognized united states citizen get into the foster system start fostering children in which you have a good home and you're making enough money in order to keep them in this very it's a very nice home that they were in and clothe them and feed them and clothe yourself and have this nice day and be able to do these things and then you like flip it in the like the last 30 seconds you fumbled right at the at the touchdown line like you were right there and you were just like push you in front of a train so she's like it's all about patience i'm like you fumbled the bag in the last 30 seconds, like, how did you do this? So I, that's what I definitely dislike about it. I'm like, no one spends 20 years planning how to foster a person only to, like, screw it up that fast. I think that's the biggest problem I had with the flashbacks is narratively, it's all weird. Like, mm-hmm. in context of the real world, but also storyline-wise, it's just like, this, 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 and none of it quite makes sense, but just go with it and don't ask a lot of questions. It was explaining a lot of teasers and yeah. they didn't necessarily gel or, or yes. like they worked better as teasers than they did as, as full film. Yes. That's what I did. I did like Emma's reaction to seeing mm-hmm. Ingrid. I thought that 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 interplay was very good. And I did like the explanation of taking away her memories and then like b- pushing her a little bit, being like, "Oh no, dear, you fell." I love that fall situation. She barely knocked her like a degree off of her feet. Oh no, you're so fine. It's fine. Do you want ice cream that you will then take and not pay for? She don't pay for it. Okay. Anyway, so that explains it. She goes in the ice cream shop. She like flips out. She's like, "You're." insane how did you know i'd be here because then ingrid's also saying insane things i knew you'd come to storybrook eventually so i've been here waiting for you to come to me and i'm like she didn't know you were in here like you wait for someone to come to you when they know your presence exists she was just waiting for emma to decide she needed ice cream yeah and just assuming that emma's reaction was going to be good yeah, right. Hey, can I get some ice cream? Oh, my God. It's the woman that almost pushed me in front of a car. Oh, my God. How, How have, have you been? been? Girl, what's up? <laughs> hey, sorry I was such a weirdo. Like, who runs away from someone trying to foster them who's trying to push them in front of vehicles? Crazy. Oh, this was this scene was gold. Uh, But anyway, so, yeah, she takes takes Emma's memories, does this weird fall thing, and then Emma leaves without paying, Um, which is fine, I guess. So that's and- actually not the only time that Ingrid, the ice cream lady, takes away someone's memories. Correct. There are two purple stones. No, no. There's a deleted scene. There's a there's a third purple stone out there there's somewhere. There's a third palm stone? So there was a deleted scene. I haven't watched it. I've only read the description. And it, 
on 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 paper it just sounds pretty innocuous until you think about it for two seconds and then it goes it it, it just boggles your mind so in the in the scene it's after ingrid has come to storybrook and she's just biding her time and regina um is walking down the street feeling kind of sad because she doesn't have henry she doesn't have anybody and she sees the sunday shop and is like what the hell how is this here what's this doing here and she goes inside and is like, who the hell are you? And, um, oh, and then Ingrid's like, I'm the ice cream lady. Here's some chunky monkey. And Ingrid says, do you see this figure? Do I look like I eat chunky monkey? <laughs> Which I'm like, oh, I don't like that dialogue at all. Ah, uh, the year. Ah, uh, the 2010. Oh, 2000. Oh, and... So uh, Regina conf- uh, continues to grill her about, like, I don't know who you are. Like, who are you? Because Regina knows everybody she's cursed in this town. And uh, Ingrid says, she's like, oh, I don't know. I've, I've been here since forever. And I, I-, I think I hate the cold. And I-, I don't know why I have this job. I think someone's trying to torture me. <laughs> so she's like... <laughs> trying to, like, justify her existence in the town by being, like, like being, like... I know what Regina did to all these people. I'm just going to say it happened to me, too. Oh, man. Oh, it's so terrible. My name is my name is uh, Annalise, and I, I sure hate ice cream. I have lactose intolerance. This is the worst day of my life. Oh, I'm from a <laughs> desert. I hate the cold. <laughs> and then it ends with, with Regina leaving, and this is where it gets bonkers. <laughs> This has, is where it gets yeah, bonkers? It has not gone bonkers yet. So after Regina leaves, we see Ingrid crouch behind the counter, revealing Dopey tied up in her shop. And she's like, you have to remain silent and forget. Noting that she has magic that she brought into this world. Then she pulls out a memory stone. And presumably... She's the reason Dopey doesn't talk in the show. Beth, what? <laughs> and I, I, I can't stress this enough. What the fuck? I, <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for it. And then she takes Regina's memories, so she doesn't really remember well, this interaction. It looks like it's implied that she does. Because she also says the evil queen needs to stay unaware of my plans. So I think she also does it to the queen, too. But so, that's like, but I'm more concerned about Dopey. Dopey does not talk in the show. We see him in this episode where like Doc is yelling at him. Talk, say words, say something. And Dopey refuses. And he doesn't talk in the show ever. And, and apparently she dies before she gives it back to him. Yeah. <gasps> Did he not talk before this? Did well, Dopey I'm, not talk before see, I'm kind of wondering. <laughs> now here's now here's my backfill. I'm kind of wondering if his memories were in one of the stones that she had for Emma and Elsa, and when when and there was just like a little side little purple trail that we did not see because later Dopey goes to university. That's true. But you know what? An, a, a mute person can go to he university. A hundred percent, I agree. So either. He got his voice, he, like Ariel, he got his voice back that the Snow Queen Ingrid took from him in the deleted scene, or she is the reason he is permanently silent in the entire show. And it's a deleted scene, so it's just a whatever. Yeah, It's just exactly. a whatever story plot line. That's hysterical. What? 
in the world. I love that it's a deleted scene. Because first of all, I like the idea that like Regina, because I've talked about this before, about how meticulous this curse must have been for her to have an entire economy built mm-hmm. for all of this stuff. And like she's like almost manicured everybody's lives. So to put an ice cream shop in the middle of this where I don't think anyone was curse coded to want ice cream. Like, does she do anything? It does, is, does anybody decide that they want ice cream? Or do they just wander by it and she just stands there being like, any day Emma will show up. But it makes sense that Regina would call foul on this. Like, this yeah. shouldn't have been a deleted scene. This should be canon that Regina is freaked out by this. Because, again, every nook and cranny of this town was planned by her. Like, in an obsessive type A kind of way. She'd know if a rando ice cream shop just showed up yeah. out of nowhere. And, like, and that's the whole thing. It's, like, early on when they see the ice cream shop, like, Regina doesn't know what it is and she's confused by it. So this would explain why she was confused. Like, everyone's just like, oh, it's always been here. Has it always been here? I don't know. Like, like the, the memories are all very faded. But, yeah, so that th- th- that broke my brain. I'm going to try and find it on YouTube later. Just to like see if I'm missing anything, but I just I always like to just share from the description without watching it because then I my mind my mind palace gets to uh, make it for myself and it's always way more delicious. Listen, I'll tell you what uh, snaps to the people that run the Once Upon a Time wiki because mm-hmm. the things that are listed in there are earth shattering and detailed like Regina making a curse, like it's everything like there it's so funny when you get like into the later seasons where like the very bottom of it of the wiki pages are like references to other things and it is just thousands of words it is just like well hook makes a reference to this which is a reference to this and it links all the episodes in which it's a reference to and i i am astounded by the number of self-references that the show makes that are noted so yeah I just want to just whoever's maintaining nope. that good good job good good, job. good for them good for amazing them amazing work but, and we're we use it to this day yeah but uh, the smash cut to the future to the to, yes. to the present to the so now we're, times. We're back in the future uh, we've got some fights breaking out uh, people are punching each other um, and meanwhile in the jail Mary Margaret and David are punching each other with words and this I this was so funny to me because. The way that this whole curse was built up, like you and I talked about this last week, this shit was built up as th- we're going to tear each other apart. We're we're just going to skin, sinew pulling from our bones. We're it just flesh flying into the breeze. But no, it's just talking shit to each other and being just real nasty with our language. I, I will say I appreciate that like there's scenes of like the seven dwarves. And Granny, for some reason, is a part of this scrum of them just, like, beating the shit out of each other in the street, fight club style. But, like, and yeah, I know they're in the jail, but, like, Charming and Snow, I want to say let's account it up to true love is that their, like, arguments are, A, past things, but also just parent things. Don't hit the stroller. It's out of warranty. You said you bought it new. It was gently used. Like, that's hysterical. That that is a fight a very married person has. Like you're not having a fight about 
I never liked anything about you and I hope you die. It's, I bought these, use, you're a monster. <laughs> well, I mean, at one point, David does accuse Mary Margaret of possibly cheating on him and fathering, having another father for their baby. Okay, yeah, and Snow does, like, accuse him of being, like, a fake, and he's, like, calls her. I'm not saying it's a perfect analogy, but I do still think it's funny what they're fighting about, because when Regina then enters that scrum, like, it turns into, like, a really real fight and not a fight about random married people things. So, it's this this curse is strange, because I, I thought it was supposed to, like, uncover how you truly felt, or, like things in the back of your brain but like these were just like mean shit like i don't even think that they actually believe some of the stuff that they're saying especially with the christoph stuff i don't think that this is all hidden beneath them it's just mean shit they could say yeah i mean well our our person who told that to us is ingrid and how much of a reliable narrator is she about this curse that she enacted on people and she said that to elsa specifically so that she would attack Anna with, and kill her with her eye, ice magic. So it stands to reason that it's not necessarily as as brutally honest as as Ingrid claims because she has an agenda for saying that. I guess that's fair. That's that. fair. Okay. Point. I, I am curious what would have happened if Mary Margaret in particular had set her sights on, her shattered sights on Emma. That would have been rough. Yeah, that would have been... There's a lot of, like... I feel like, again, with this this curse and this Shattered Sight thing, we missed a lot of interactions that we should have had. Mm-hmm. Because we don't see anything. We just see that Henry has turned into quite the track star. Uh, and Macaulay Culkin, apparently. And... But, like, we don't see Belle. We don't see Robin. We don't see... Anybody? So, like, we don't get to see any of the fun stuff, like the side character stuff, other than the, the dwarves beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, like, Belle's, like, taking a nap. <laughs> yeah, where is Belle? <laughs> Wasn't she locked in the pawn shop? And then they well, exist well, at, in the pawn shop, At the end of the episode, like, we see, like, I think Rumble's like, oh, yeah, she's sleeping. <laughs> I put, I put her I put her to sleep. Just like, here, honey, drink this tea. And he's like spiking it. Just be like, here you go. And she's just like, you're awful. You're terrible. I've always hated your long hair and your gold skin so much cooler than your regular skin. He's like, oh, okay, honey, just just, just just drink this. I hate this place. I never like chips. Just drink this. You're saying nonsense. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, like if it, I, there were so many missed opportunities with the spell of Shattered Sight, I think it, the reason is they didn't want all the characters to go through the same emotional damage that Elsa and Anna went through. Like this would have turned this episode into emotional trauma, which I think is kind of needed, but they, I guess they didn't want to do that because you have Henry and his feelings toward Regina and Emma. You have Mary Margaret and her feelings toward Emma. Like there's so many relationships that we, we could have had unpacked. We could have unpacked a bit more. Um, and then the other thing I want to just point out before we really get into the whole timeline of this is the one they don't do is the baby. Ugh, like the baby slept the whole time. The baby slept Garbage. the whole time. And also Mary Margaret and David are like, don't hurt the baby. I'm like, if you guys are real pissed off, why wouldn't you be like, well, fuck the baby. <laughs> hurt the See, baby. I was kind of waiting for like there to be like this like true love moment of like, because at one point Charming starts helping 
<laughs> Mary Margaret beat the shit out of Regina. Like he's like holding her and like getting rid of her sword and stuff. He's helping, which he, in the spell of Shattered Sight, he wouldn't have helped. He would have tried to help Regina kill her. I don't know. It, it's a lot happening that mm-hmm. I didn't quite get. But like I was kind of thinking that like, you know, true love would still conquer through Shattered Sight. It, it, we didn't quite get to there. True love apparently is just like forgiving and forgetting all the weird shit you said to each other 10 minutes ago. I mean, that's kind of, that, that's very true. Remember all that shitty stuff I said? Yeah, just just forget about it. Meanwhile, like cut to 10 years later, Shattered Sight drops again. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as as um, Charming and Snow are, are bickering about um, just stuff, they're just bickering about stuff. Uh, we have um, Emma and Elsa heading out to go confront Ingrid, leaving Anna to be the babysitter. And I did appreciate how Anna was mad because she's like, this is my plan. Why can't I be part of the plan? I don't want to be stuck as babysitter. They're like, you don't have magic. Stay home. I like that she was a babysitter for like 15 seconds as well. Like she's like, okay. And she put him in the stroller and then got poofed away. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so they head and they confront Ingrid outside the, the ice cream shop and, and she's just like, you can't attack me with the magic because the magic of the ribbons. I want to put a pin in that because of the thing I'm going to talk about with Ingrid at the end of the episode. Um, but the ribbons kind of throw a cog in that plan. So just put a little pin in that one. Um, and so they can't, they can't attack Ingrid so long as they have these ribbons on their, their wrist. So they just... (laughs) They come up with a great plan, <laughs> a, 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 just a a foolproof, just good plan. <laughs> a knife. <laughs> yeah, first they try a knife, then We're they try like to... an ant, like they try like a like a horn. I what? They go. They break into gold shop, and then they just find a knife. Like there's other knives. Right? Like, did they think that it was a special... Whatever. It doesn't matter. I just love that they were just like, I know what we'll do. We'll go find a cursed knife. Yay! And then they come up with the world's strangest plan. This is the plan I was talking about. The the perfect plan. It's, well, the love has no equal, but maybe hate does? How is this a plan? Like, how, how... like, no, this is such a this is this is such TV show logic. You just have to ignore it and move on with your life. I like I listen. I'm, I follow the logic line. I just wish they would have done more to get there. Like mm-hmm. Emma just comes up with it, and I've complained about this before. I think specifically with this show, but I think Charmed used to do it too, where it mm-hmm. was just like the first plan that comes out of somebody's mouth, especially if it's the lead is always the best plan. It's always a, oh my God, we're all out of ideas. Guys, I got it. I know what we need to do. We, You know how these are love? Yeah, but what about hate? Oh my God, I got a great idea. Let's go do it. And then it works. I just wish there were more like spitballing or failed attempts other than just knife. You know what I mean? Like workshopping a little bit. Yeah. Unfortunately, time is of the essence. But this this would have been a thing where they should have come up with where they should have talked about this episodes ago. This should have been something they'd been mulling over 
for a while because they've had the they've had these on for a couple episodes now. So they've had time to like think about what how they could maybe they I feel like they should have tried to get rid of them already. And when that failed, they 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 started trying to come up to it and then they had they came just short of the plan and this episode is where that finally comes together. Yeah, do the I leg just also, work first. My other big complaint about this episode is Elsa doesn't do anything. At no point. She just follows El uh em- by the way, I have I pointed this out. Emma, Elsa, and Anna is a terrible trio name. Oh, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a horrible. mess. It's, it's a like mess. Elsa and Anna and then they smashed them together and ended up with Emma. Um but yeah, this I just I'm mad that Elsa doesn't do anything. She just like wanders around being like, is this gonna work? And then it works and she goes, Yay. Yeah, so yeah, they they go to release Regina, who has locked herself in her vault, um, and she is pissed because one, she's locked in her vault, and two, she she's she's not dolled up, she's not in the right clothes, and love it, I love it, I love I love this version of Evil Queen Regina because it's it's it is slightly different than her normal Evil Queen, like it's. It has a bit more id to it, a bit more yes. raw rage in a way that Regina didn't even as the evil queen. She had a little bit more composure. But in this, that composure is stripped away and she is just a beast on the prowl. I love I love this. I just I think my one of my other favorite lines of the show was when she just like shouts into no nothing. This is what I get for being subtle. And it's just like, it's amazing. <laughs> I love that energy. And then she's just like, ah, poof, giant hook. Shoulder pads. Just, oh. just, she just yells, that's what I get for getting sh- subtle, and then just has the biggest shoulder pads that would spike her in the face. I, I 10 out of 10. I love you, evil it's queen. It's beautiful. Um, Emma succeeds in getting down the vault barrier, and they go inside to see Regina, and they just, they make her so mad. Just, just the maddest mad by, and <laughs> I love how Elsa's only contribution is, I'm here just to witness how big a bitch Emma's going to be to you. I I do. I, I also really like the, uh, like, ha, like the Emma's weird dig at her, like, to start her for being mad. It's just like, how can you move in that thing? And Regina's raw nerve rage with the grace and the poise of a queen. It's like, those are pants. Like, she can move well. Like, she's got the best movement everywhere. So like whatever, because I loved this outfit because I thought it was a dress for a while. And then she started moving and I realized it was pants with a cape on her butt. I loved it. Oh, it's so good. She, it's it pants with a bustle. And that's just that's just genius right there. Bustle. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Well, Regina attacks them with fireball magic and they hold up their wrists. And somehow it just it just redirects the g- g- look, it just has to work. Yada, okay? yada, 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 yada. It works. The the the, the uh, ribbons are gone. They ran out the door, and Regina is just all fire, all anger, and she knows exactly what she needs to do. She needs to find Emma Swan, but she doesn't. She finds Snow and Charming in jail cells first. She could just barbecue everybody, but instead she's just like, no, first I'm going to attack your baby, and then I'm going to forget about that, and then fight you with swords. Regina does have, like... A house cat cat mentality, like she's not gonna go like mm-hmm. a feral animal and kill prey because she's that's what she's done. She's like a domesticated house cat. I'm not hungry, 
but I do want to kill this mouse. So since I'm not in a hurry, I'm going to toy with it. <laughs> I'm going to keep it alive just to just to be a sadistic little prick. Like, that's how she is. Like, she could. Yeah, you're right. She could just kill her, like, barbecue her in the cell. Just fireball, just boop, see you later. We don't, we don't do that. She's just like, come out here and play swords with me <laughs> while a baby is definitely here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not a, just a doll in a stroller being definitely throttled not. around. Well, that while that's all happening, um, Gold's doing stuff and Hook's doing stuff. Whatever they're, that is. I couldn't yeah. follow any of this. Yeah, no, they're, they're just doing stuff. Uh, it doesn't matter in this episode. I'm guessing it's going to matter later because <laughs> it doesn't I, matter here at all. There's a whole plan that never matters because, like, Belle isn't involved because she's asleep in the back. Yeah. And then, like, Henry has run away. So, like, there, none of this plan makes any sense other than, like, Hook existing without Shattered Sight to just be around and make a fun Will Scarlet uh, joke, I guess. Yeah, and that was fun. That scene was very, that scene was funny. So Gold enlists Hook to, before he grants him the honor of a, of, a, of a going gently into that good night, crushingly into that good night, he tasks Hook with going to get Henry because he's going to take Henry and Belle out of the town to New York with his dagger because he's going to do the power thing with the hat and get the dagger, keep, keep, sever himself from the dagger and still have his power. Yada, yada. Genius plan. So Hook goes to Henry and I don't know who wrote, well, I, I know who wrote the dialogue because they're the writers. I don't know wh- who was responsible for Henry's dialogue in the scene, but it was trash. Like, yeah. I don't want to go with a stinky, smelly pirate. Meh. <laughs> That's all you give Henry? This boy's got damage. Yes. This I don't want you dating my man. Me. Because <laughs> you, you guys are together just for the hook line of, she said that? She said that we're together? Nice. It's like, okay, okay. Like, and then also the other line was like, I'm not going with anywhere with a dirty pirate. Mate, I bathe daily. And it's Okay, what is this scene? And then it's just like a fun comic uh, marble scene. Like, I, this whole scene was just like an afterthought. Why did a teenager have marbles? In the mayor's office? Did he have them in his backpack? Did Regina keep them in a drawer? I mean, because she, she's a very, like, cleanliness is next to godliness. And it's also Mary Margaret's office now. Why would she have marbles? She has a baby. That's a choking hazard. See, like, if they were all the same color, I'd be able to be like, oh, they're the little marbles that you put into a vase for decoration. But they're, like, crazy kid circus colors. Yeah. And they're clearly, like, battle marbles, like, that you would flick. That's how you actually play marbles. Uh, do, do 10-year-olds just carry? How, how old is Henry? I just keep calling him 10. He's 40. He's four. He's 400 years old. He exists as time and space. He is a fixed point. Uh I, I don't know, four years from now, guys, I'll give you an update if, if Baby Dragon is just carrying marbles for reasons. Like, does maybe he was going through some sort of Home Alone phase. Like, Operation Mongoose was just, like, be prepared at any moment. He also has, like, a paint can and a whole bunch of rope. I mean, it works because Hook immediately pratfalls, which gives Henry ample time to run away. And then he's gone for the rest of the episode up until the very end. He's just what? gone? He didn't even need to be there at all. Why did we need to do this? Like, just don't... 
I don't. This is so. This just just they, not even write him in the episode. Give him a week off. Well, that's what we did with Belle. Why couldn't yeah. like Rumple also just be or like uh, Henry also be asleep and we not have to worry about it? Like, I just, I just whatever, whatever, I, whatever. <laughs> I hated this so much. I, I hated it, but it was only slightly worth it for the Will Scarlet scene because Will Scarlet shows up drunk as a skunk and he's just like. I gotta pay you back for that bruise you gave me. Put her there. And then he misses, and then he immediately crashes to the ground, and we literally hear crickets. I love it. It's like, this is this is so goofy. But okay, let's just have a little goofiness. That's fine. I love a little bit of goofiness when I was expecting some sort of World War Z moment, and instead I was just getting just like stage punches off camera. Kind of while Hook walks through town being like, oh, no, it's terrible. Granny goes past him at one point with her crossbow. She must have wrenched it back from Happy. Uh, but I like that no one is trying to attack Hook. Yeah, maybe it's like with the spell of Shattered Sight. If you don't have a heart, you're you're like you're invisible. I guess. Like, just look, look right past them. Yeah. Like I said, I wish I wish Ruby existed uh currently i know the actress has not been in like most of the season or any of the season i think uh but like could you just imagine spell of shattered sight and just like an angry werewolf just like prowling or like the little hansel and gretel like the little kids (laughs) just like super just screaming their heads off i want candy and like their dad just like behind them just like i i i came back for them what have i done what have i done (laughs) terrible a side note on the wiki, it says that Hook knocked out Will. I'm going to contest that because no. Will Scarlet knocked out himself. Yeah, Will played himself. Yeah, he played himself and he played himself hard. Okay. Well, we're, we are going to, we all, we're, everything's coming to a head. We've got Regina and Snow. They're fighting uh, Snow's body double who is like half they don't bother like sizing her to like be comparable to Mary Margaret size. So like in some shots, like the actress is just like drops half her size, which I didn't care for. I, I, I would have rather they kind of put some padding in the stunt double because that's what Mary Margaret sizes. And I feel like the show needed to be more respectful of that. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, and so they're fighting, um, Anna and Kristoff have been renegated to the ocean. Uh, I thought Kristoff was just going to start punching Anna in the face because where's the tearing each other apart moment? Uh, but instead Anna knocks him out with a convenient glass bottle that I talked about last week. It came back. It was also in the title card last week. I don't remember if I brought that up, but it was in the title card of last week because I remember being like this. It had very like, because what it reminded me of was the uh, like the coral and stuff that you see in the like the second and the third Pirates of the Caribbean movies, where like Davy mm-hmm. Jones stuff. So it's just like these are the facial things you're doing. It had the same kind of energy as that. It it really did. Uh, and inside there is a note in the uh, in the language that is often the the Scandinavian, ancient Scandinavian language that is often used in in Arendelle and in Frozen. And Anna reads it, and she's like, "Oh shit, I gotta find people!" So she races off, and this is right as Emma and Elsa are heading to the Snow Queen's lair because the only way to stop this curse from of the troll gold mirror or whatever you call it, the troll mirror. 
is to kill the person who cast it. So they're like, well, guess we got to go kill the queen. Even though Elsa's like, no, we can't kill her. And I'm like, um, um, everyone's going to die. Yeah. Like, why can't we? Like, I, so, so on the Anna thing, I would like to laugh because first of all, when she finds the note and we realize how long it is and later find out what's going on in this note. Remember the scene of their mom writing this as the ship is sinking? How fast does this woman write? She wrote a novel. I thought the exact same thing. I'm really hoping that she had already written most of it, but hadn't finished it. And she was like, oh, I got to get that last sentence in. And then it's just like written way more crappily than the rest of it. And it's all it. like watermarked and stuff like that. Whereas like at the top, it's just like, dear Elsa and Anna, I'm worried that we won't make it. <laughs> um, but also I do like that Anna says the thing. And I, I think I've said it before on this podcast. One of my favorite lines in the movie Looper, it has uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis where like mm-hmm. they're each other looping through time it's just like time travel nonsense thing and at one point joseph gordon levitt's character is like trying to understand how the time travel works and bruce willis's character shuts it down and just goes knock it off all we know is that we're here and it worked if we think about time travel too long our ears will or our brains will melt out our ears anna does this in this episode she's like oh so there's this story don't worry about what the origins are. We just had to figure out how it ends. Like she just goes, don't think about it too much about where the story came from or what it is or why I know it, but I do know it. We're here and here's what the story is. No one ask any questions. Like mm-hmm. it's it. I laughed when she said it. She was like, don't worry about it. Just about the ending. It's murder. So you'll have to do a murder. Uh, but whatever. And uh, yeah, again, Elsa, the whole episode is just like, I don't want to do a murder. Uh. <laughs> murder. Well, Elsa and Anna are readying to do the murder, and Ingrid is once again just, like, peering around a corner, because that's just, that's just her M.O. It's just, I'm in a corner. Okay, I'm going to peer around it. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And she shows up, and she gets, she's surprised that they managed to get the ribbons off, and she's like, oh, no, a kink in my plan. And then she just calms herself again, and she says, no, it's cool, because see these rocks? They've got memories of us. Emma, they have memories of us being happy for for years, and and Elsa, there's it was like three days, but it was a great three days <laughs> until Emma remember, came until Anna came back. You remember when you thought I was your really cool aunt and we were really bonding? You loved me then. It's like I don't yeah, know, I, don't know. I, I again like real world wise, like this had just sort of really complicated phrasing where she's like, if you loved somebody once, you can love them again. It's like. I think I feel like we uh, put some divides up for really real reasons. Like you can stop loving somebody and never go back. You don't have to. You pushed her in front of a car, Ingrid. Let's. And, and the fact that she said it's only the good memories because our nostalgia blocks out the bad. Granted, that can happen. You know, we as people tend to, you know, we romanticize the past sometimes, but we also, you know, if some if something shitty happens, like for instance, your aunt trying to uh, trick you into murdering your sister, like that's that's gonna stick with you too. You're not just gonna forget that unless Ingrid purposefully manipulated the stones, but I don't think she did. No, I, I mean, there's also like 
you know, there's the whole trauma response thing where people who don't realize that they've been traumatized, but then they also realize that they don't remember large swaths of their childhood because they were being traumatized and their brain just, all of it's gone. The good, the bad, the ugly. It's all gone just as a protective measure because brains are dumb and brains do dumb stuff sometimes. And so, like, yeah, this whole thing was just like, I have them in rocks and the rocks only kept the precious good stuff. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it probably kept the precious bad stuff too, but okay. <laughs> It just, I, I don't know. I, I also laughed that they were big, bright purple rocks. Because they were crystals, basically. They weren't mm -hmm. rocks. And that was also what was on the letter, which we will then get to. Yes, because Anna shows up just as Elsa and Emma are, are deciding whether they're going to, you know, take that plunge and, and murder Ingrid. Even though Ingrid's like, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Anna shows up and says, don't do it. I have this letter. And she reads the letter. It's a long ass letter, like you said. Um, but it basically, it's from their mother explaining who Ingrid is, who Gerda is, and how she made a mistake and she was wrong. And these are the reasons why she's wrong. And she wants her daughters to write the mistakes that she made, to right her wrongs and to free Ingrid and restore the memories of Gerda to to er to the people of Arendelle. And this is where this is where my I want to talk with you for a second because I have a like I really liked an element of the scene, but I honestly can't tell if it's what it was intended or if I'm just making a headcanon that's just really awesome. Because Ingrid, you know, at first she's like really pissed. She 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 air slaps Anna, presumably not to death because she's alive. <laughs> to um, death, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, she's getting very angry. She's like, "You lie. That's not what happened." And and then Ingrid touches the rock and gets the good memories back. And I realized in this moment that all of Ingrid's actions were because she had lost the memories too. She lost the memories of Gerda. And she lost the good memories of her other sister, of, of Elsa and Anna's mother. She was a victim of the curse too. But she was so um, intimately connected to it because it was her life. She ended up with this huge hole that she didn't understand. So that's why, in my opinion, she was so obsessed with getting sisters, making this sisterhood, because she knew she had she had that, but she didn't know how because so much of that part of her brain had been taken away. So I kind of want to get like because that's what it felt like to me because that at that moment Ingrid became happy Ingrid and she's like she says Gerda is the first words and I don't recall her ever saying the word Gerda beforehand so I honestly think that she was a victim of the curse too and that's why she was so cold and so distant because she was the biggest victim of all so I like that I do I really do and I I, I would love I <laughs> I would love to believe it. I think the only thing that stops me from that is the fact that the magic vase thing, urn thing, kept magic from penetrating. Mm. So I'd be worried that that wouldn't be able to, because she also got like super angry in a way that she'd never been before she touched the stone. And I think, 
I think what it actually is is it's negating the point that you were saying that she was saying. She's like, oh, you you only remember the good stuff. And it's just like, no, you're right now only remembering the bad stuff. You're forgetting what it was like when your sisters did love you because you're remembering them as monsters. And what you're not remembering is that you guys had some stuff. And like, you guys have a lot more complicated of a past. You had sisters who loved you and then just in a couple moments of... Um, I mean, you did fully murder <laughs> murder one of your sisters, but, like, the other one trapped you in an urn. You know, your basic sisterly squabbles. And I think that it's just the opposite of what she was saying. Like, she was only remembering the bad stuff. It's the whole, like, monster storyline where she's become a monster because of what she's choosing to remember. I love your headcanon, though. I just think that the vase, or the heck, you call it a vase, the urn would stop it, but maybe because it's stone, the trolls could get it in their brain i don't know and that's that's that was the curious thing for me because from like the way that they described it the vase only seemed to really focus on ice magic because it was only used on elsa and and ingrid so i don't know necessarily if it would block all magic but i mean it seems more likely than not that it would block all magic and then going back to the ribbons that i had mentioned before i feel like if they really had wanted to go this route, Ingrid wouldn't have remembered she had two sisters at all. Or she wouldn't right. have remembered she had sisters. She'd just want sisters, but not understand why. Because she would essentially be forgetting her own existence. Because their mother erased the memory of Ingrid along with Gerda. So if she was essentially being, like, being denied her own memory of her own existence... It would leave her like really messed up. And then she would also not understand that the ribbons had love because where yeah, did so the I, love come from? I would have been interested. Like, again, like I like this take. I think it would have been cool. Like if that was what happened, but like instead of Ingrid losing the memory of herself, she does lose the memory of Gerda, but because of the way the magic works, like you have to replace it with something. Anyone that interacted with the girls had to have replaced it with something being like, Oh, well I saw this. Well, I talked to this person. Who did I talk to? So the magic would have had to shuffle a bunch of memories around. And I think it would have been interesting if all the back, like the flashbacks that we saw was just like Elsa's mom interacting with Ingrid, but they also had like this doll that they loved to bring with them that also got the ribbon. But then like when this, like the magic was busted that she remembers it again, but instead of a doll, it's Gerda. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it, or remembering, like, it was a dog. It was a cat. It was something that we always had with us because the troll magic got rid of them as a sister. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And, okay. and yeah, no, I, 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 this is based entirely on how Ingrid reacts afterward because of how the emotions come to her. And it made me feel like the, the, that the character was, was remembering something that had been taken from her as well. Yes. But, and maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. It also could be a headcanon uh, that Elizabeth Mitchell was giving herself, in which case I'm like, hooray. But the fact that it was not explained to us makes me believe that it's not true. But I'm still going to, like, believe it because I really like it. And I think it's a, it, it adds a bit more depth to this conclusion and it's part of what made me cry when Ingrid was surrounded by a 
whirlpool of ice of, of, of glass crystals waving so, her arms like she was being devoured I, by a by quicksand i don't know what notes they gave her about what was happening but it was not what ended up going on um i will say like i started crying while she was like remembering her sisters like she put mm-hmm. her little finger on the thing and she got the, that was when i started crying because like it's a really healing thing i mean it's a it's a moment where you're just like oh these terrible memories i had good memories too like this is i because she, you're right, she started showing emotions, she was crying, but she was also angry, and the angry part is the part that I liked, because the whole time she'd been, like, you know, ice queen, where she's like, oh, everything's calm and cool and collected, and then the moment her sisters are brought up, it's just such a raw nerve that she just flips out, and she swings 180 real fast to the love, which is why then it turns into, like, this sacrifice moment, that I think is just a cop out, quite honestly. Like, again, I'm crying. I love this. Like, I like the healing part of this. But the fact that this got rushed so fast, too. And then I will I will kill myself. No one has to dirty their hands. I will do this myself. And it's like, let's one time gets a little cavalier with personal. See, that's what that's what made me think that that's another that was another part in the headcanon, my headcanon camp. Because she looks up and she's like, what have I done? Like, she's been so cut off from so much of her own emotions and memories that she just kind of almost had amnesia. But again, that doesn't make any sense. But I I, I agree that it's a makes it easy moment. It didn't, the, the what didn't bother me that much because I do feel like, you know, when she would feel that love, she wouldn't. She, I, I feel like she she would undo the damage that she'd done. You know, uh, you know, dying by suicide in that way is not is never a good choice. It's never a good option. But she also she unleashed something, and she's making the choice to undo it. And I I I I, I feel like the what was acceptable, the how, yeah. and the look. Nope. No. I just, I, it was definitely one of those moments where they turned the villain, I feel like, just too quickly. It was like, mm-hmm. there, there's a note, and suddenly it's all dismantled. Uh, because, I mean, they went to very big odds to get rid of all kinds of stuff. Like, why did we get rid of the ribbons? It didn't matter. And, yeah, and they he, didn't like, end up having to attack her. I would like to say that I did love that, that she kept the, the memories, the memory palm stones things of whatever crystal that was. Uh, she was keeping them in carrot sorbet because no one wants carrot sorbet. I mean, it's kind it, of genius. Yeah, it's a good plan. It made me laugh because I'm like, carrot sorbet, who the hell's eating that? And she disappears to get her sting. I'm like, ah, that's where you put your buried treasure. I see. Um, yeah, this whole like, and then she disappeared. Oops. The whole she disappeared thing was just like, you know, it's like glass and it's it's a thing. And she's like wailing and shaking her hips and moving back and forth. And I'm like, what? What were they telling you was happening? I just because everything about the scene was bothering me because it was lit and they didn't change any of the wardrobe choices for Emma or Elsa. So then they looked strange and otherworldly. And so did Anna. Like, the colors just didn't match with the lighting of the Snow Queen. So it was just wild. Anyway, this whole scene was weird to me. Yeah, so she makes she makes a sacrifice. And um, she, ends up, uh, with, she ends up with her sisters in the afterlife. They're frolicking in the fields. Sweet, 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 sweet moment. Sweet hereafter. And the curse has been broken. Uh, people stop fighting. Uh, Regina and Snow, they immediately stop fighting. And... This was very, this whole moment was very funny to me because I felt like 
Regina and Mary Mark, like the actresses were genuinely laughing. And then I felt like Josh Dallas was not <laughs> like Josh <laughs> Dallas's laughter was so fake. But then uh, Jennifer Goodwin and um, and Alana Perilla like looked like they were having an outtakes moment. Like their laughter felt very real. Their laughter definitely felt like one of them like farted and yeah. then just couldn't stop laughing. Like it was like this is the best take, and then they moved, and then like someone pooted. Like it was just the laughter was so genuine because like. Regina's hair is all mussed up and she's just like what the hell am I wearing because she is as a person has evolved past this like dark version of being just like everything you must know when I walk in she's a pantsuit lady subtle she doesn't even need like big brooches or anything she's just like this is just subtle black and white it's who I am classy lines like it's just like there's I mean think about it if you like if like like the curse of shattered sight hit you and turned you into the worst version of yourself. And it was like, I don't know if it hit a version of me that was like really into like back when like super into like uh pop punk and stuff going through my scene phase. But like, if I was allowed to be a scene kid, I, I didn't dye my hair or anything. So I didn't have like the whole thing. I wished I did. So if I got full into that, it was like, there are no rules. No one will tell me I can't (laughs) swoop my bangs in front of my face and chalk on all my eyeliner and wear every band and braid. Like, and just like you wake up as yourself as a 30 year old woman going, what the actual hell is happening? (laughs) What am I wearing? Like I would also be on the ground laughing hysterically. Also if the, like snow, Mary Margaret is a woman who's just had a baby she is wearing a sensible cardigan and a button up underneath it. And she's just like, she looks like she's ready to go for a target run and she's fully holding a sword. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Well, as everybody is, is, is um, recovering from the spell um, and apparently uh, Doc and Granny uh, might be getting it on. Just saying. Good for them. Like, yeah, good he for them. For a hug and happening. he like went full into the bosoms. Like, yeah. you get it, man. Oh yeah, that was that was tawdry. That was tawdry. And uh, and then um, Snow, David, and Regina they come out with the baby and they hug Emma. Everyone's hugging. Henry runs out of nowhere and is hugging everybody too. And he's like, "I'm here," and everyone's like, "Great." And everyone's super happy. We've got happy music. Good times aplenty, except except with Mr. Gold. He's not that happy. He's not feeling pretty good. And he's just like, Hook, you failed me. You didn't get the boy. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave him. <laughs> Cause there's no time to waste. I've got my plan. I've got Belle sleep in the back. <laughs> and uh once these like I have there's a reason I haven't killed you yet. Because the stars have to align with my hat. He just started saying that. I'm like, did I miss something? Yeah. Like, when, like, when did when this did get happen? stated? He's like, the stars must align with the stars and the hat. And I'm like, and, and bell over your shoulder and a fireman's carry. Let's go. I could have sworn it was mentioned before, but I honestly don't. I don't think it was. I it sounds familiar, but also not. I might be remembering it from just the last time I watched this show. I don't remember anything about the stars. I also love that it was just like, how are you going to get out? Oh, I have my ways. Never explained how he's leaving. No. And then now he's also apparently going to question take over the world. Yeah. He's just like, I'm, I'm going to leave. Emma Emma, and everyone else in the town, they're going to be chill. I'm not going to bother them anymore. Um, but I am going to destroy the planet. 
I so I loved his just like don't worry I'm not gonna hurt Emma unless she gets in my way no that's no no like yeah that's not what we that's not what we said you gotta stop the the sentence you gotta stop the sentence you you were fine up front it's just like I'm sorry but no 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 yeah I don't know and we end on Rumple donning his coat, popping his collar, and heading out into the snow with with a smile on his face and a pep in his step because he is oh so close to enacting his dastardly plan, which we're going to find out about next week, I'm guessing. About the same time Rumple's going to figure out what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping Rumple tells us because I have me- no idea. Meanwhile, Hook is just waiting for the sweet release of death. Yeah, yeah. He, for weeks, kill Hook me. has just been like, just kill, kill me. me. Just please kill me. Jesus. I'll kill you when I'll kill you when it's convenient for the plot, but then it probably won't happen at the last minute because we need you on the show. Oh, my God. Yeah, everyone's, everyone finds you very attractive. Yay. Guy Liner doesn't get to die. Guy Liner does not, does not get the luxury of dying. Yeah, you are. You've heard of plot armor. Let's talk about eyeliner armor. Let's go or plot eyeliner. Yes, yes. Well, everybody, that was season four, episode eleven, Shattered Sight, and I'm I'm really surprised because I was really hyped for this episode, and then like like I said last week, I was just like dreading last week, and I liked last week's better. Than this one, which was like the culmination of the whole thing. I wanted, I wanted carnage. This, listen, this was, we've said it before, we've said it a thousand <laughs> times. They know how to open and close a show. Why? Because they're really good at setting up all of these cool looking pieces. All right, here it is. But then it's just like, well, why is this piece here? Oh, uh, and then there's a lot of hand waving and then it's a very disappointing explanation and then we get to the end and at the end of the season it's okay well we've solved that and everyone was really disappointed but guess what new cool thing is happening and black scene was oh my god it's amazing it's the greatest thing ever i can't wait for next week and then we just start the cycle again this was like a bottle version of that they set up this so rad version of what like shattered sight was going to be they've been hyping it like be like they're gonna tear each other apart like limb from limb everyone's gonna kill each other and we got this great build up to it. And everyone got so excited. And then this happened. You're just like, oh. This, for the longest time, I actually don't know if it still says it. But for the longest time, I mean years, Beth. I'm pretty sure three or four years. My Skype, you know how you can leave like a little message or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like a, whatever. Mine just said in all capital letters, Dark Swan. Because I was so excited. Oh, so, those were the days. We were so we're coming so We're so close to it. We're we going to do it again. We're circling back to Dark Swan, and I can feel it. I can feel it coming. And I'm like, this is one more step. Elsa and Anna just have to go, and then we get the next plot set up. And it's, yeah. it's coming. Well, well, first we get the the author and the lady. The three ladies. The, the three, three ladies. ladies. The three ladies are coming to town. To, I'm so to excited to do the havoc. author stuff. I remember just being absolutely befuddled by how the author stuff worked. Uh, like, it's cool in some ref- some aspects, but then some you're just like, what? Yeah. yeah. As with most Once Upon a Time things. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to um, dissecting it. 
the very last pre Once Upon a Timing half season of Once Upon a Time. It's going to be wild. We're almost there because next week is Heroes and Villains, which is the mid-season finale, which is going to set up the next half of the season. Closing out the Frozen stuff. Goodbye. So long. See you later. Have a wonderful life in Arendelle. Just go chill. Literally. So this is, like, I know that they're not all gone yet, but the the reasons that they're there, it's all over. I, I guess I'll ask now, is it is, does, do you remember how the Frozen arc was? Do you like it better or worse than what you thought you did? Um, so that's a complicated question. And I don't even know, like, I don't even know if I have a good answer for it. I'm going to, th- like, next I, week. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a topic for next week because I think next okay. week we're going to close that Frozen. We'll we'll leave a little pocket to really really get into our impressions of Frozen because this is where a lot of people say for Owen oh, Spawn Time jumped the shark, and I kind of want us to unpack whether or not we really feel that way. Well, yeah, I mean, do you do you know what jumping the shark means, Beth? Is that a term you're familiar with? I I I may have heard it once or twice. Okay, well, I'm gonna you're gonna need to to look it up. It involves the fonts, which I know you're very excited about. So if you could look that yes. up, so you could know what that means. Um, okay, it's, it's I, it. Not a lot of people know about it. It's fine that you. I'll do my it. I'll do my homework. I'll do my research. <laughs> okay. Well, everybody, <laughs> we want to thank all of our wonderful patrons for your support, especially our Snow Queen level patrons. Uh, this week's Patreon shout out goes to Philip Corn. Thank you, Philip. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can head to Patreon.com/slash/OUAtiming. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcast. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Timing. You can find us on Twitter. I am personally at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we're going to be back next week with season four, episode 12, Heroes and Villains. But Abby, who's the hero and who's the villain? Well, I mean, we kind of already know, but... We're going to find out next week. So thank you so much, Abby. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.